you can't just flat out say what you want. It's how you go about getting what you want and how you can make the other person think about things in an interesting light that ultimately drives you to that end result or that end objective. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sunnyside Up. I am your host, Carolyn Najak, and today I'm super excited to be here with Christian DeMarey on crafting success and navigating landscapes in business. So Christian is currently serving as Director of Revenue Operations and Strategy at Wix, where he has helped build and scale 25 sales and account management teams in three years. In addition to that, uh, as a career in RevOps and sales strategy pro, Christian is also an accomplished actor who has recently had a reoccurring role in Maniac on Netflix, as well as guest roles on Mr. Robot, which you can see on USA, The Equalizer, and Elementary, both on CBS. Christian holds an MFA in acting from NYU and a BA in business management and theater with a minor in dance from Gustavus Adolphus College. So quite quite the background there, Christian, and I'm really excited to talk to you. I think I was joking before, but you have an amazing background and we're really excited to have you on the show today. I just want to say thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to uh, yeah discuss a little bit of my background and kind of like how acting and, and that world sort of intersects with with what I do now in in the tech world and the RevOps world. I think there's a lot of commonalities there. And I just appreciate you uh, having me on. I'm excited to see the topic. So yeah. Awesome. Well, and I think we should just get right into it. I had alluded to a bit of your fascinating journey and your background, but I think just can you walk us through just starting with your background? How did you transition to RevOps? How did you get started? Even just in acting, would love to hear a little bit more about that. I realized in college that I really wanted to be an actor and I didn't necessarily pick schools based off of that. I, I wanted to be able to do that in college, but it's not something I necessarily thought of pursuing a career. But I knew that I wanted to, to kind of also have a fail safe if or when my acting career didn't necessarily work out. So that's why I majored in, in business management, as you sort of said. And I was kind of just like, what people did in my school when they didn't know what they wanted to major in, they made business management. So did that, went to grad school for acting, and I'd sort of had pretty tunnel vision that right when I graduated from NYU, I'd have a super successful career, be working all the time, you know, and nominated for Oscar, all this stuff, which spoiler alert, didn't happen. And, and that's just sort of what you learn to realize out of school is that for a lot of us, it's inconsistent and it's, I've been so blessed to work with some incredible people and work on some incredible projects, but the, in between those things, you have to make money and you have to like fill your time and, yeah. and be able to afford to live in New York city. So I was nanny, I was uh, walking dogs. I was uh, gig economy working in, in that industry. And it was like, uh, really taxing, also difficult, especially when it comes to like childcare of needing to like bail randomly for certain auditions in the middle of the day. But it's like, oh, well, I'm scheduled to pick up the kids and take them this practice. And then we need to do X, Y, or Z. And it was, that became very <laughs> anxiety inducing for me and, and difficult. So what I sort of did is, is applied for a couple of like, 
sales internship situations. And I got one or two of those. And I really kind of just soaked up as much as I could. And it was very temp oriented. And in working in those sales environments, I sort of saw that like other people working both in revenue operations or sales ops or in the sales roles themselves, it's not like their sort of backgrounds or skill sets were that much more vast than mine was. Mm -hmm. And it really just took kind of what I was saying before of, of like an open-mindedness, a desire to learn, an ability to think on your feet, like all of these things that I'd cultivated in grad school and also in your acting career, because you have to be able to collaborate with your fellow actors, the director, sometimes the designers, sometimes obviously the writers, et cetera. So I was very comfortable in that environment. And so I sort of started out supporting sales developments in that capacity. And that sort of pivoted to me being more strictly on a, on a RevOps team and working with account, both post-sale and pre-sale and, and all of the operations and KPIs and, and uh, reporting and, and strategy involved in that. And from that, that's when I sort of was able to leverage that into working at Wix. We were talking a bit about this when the pandemic sort of happens and hit that's right when i started at wix basically okay there was no acting work no other i don't want to say that's a distraction but there was no where else really for putting my time and my energy and my emphasis so i was able to really flesh out a lot of the like my new skills and and especially when it comes to salesforce and building things and developing things in there uh, the more technical knowledge and being able to speak that language that the developers have, uh, in addition to the the strategy things and a bit more of the the high level uh, abilities there. So I feel very fortunate that the timing worked out the way it did. But that I've been working at Wix now for three years. I've been really able to grow and and scale my career there, which has been fantastic based on the mentors I've met along the way, but also specifically at Wix, there's uh, one person in particular I work with who's really taught me a ton, who I'm sure I'll mention later. Her name's Melanie Terranova, and she is fantastic as a RevOps pro. And yeah, that's my story up until now, basically. That's fantastic. And I think it's interesting too, right? Like, you realizing like, you know, it's that fine balance of like, we've got the, I've got this dream of wanting to be an actor, right? But like that practical side too. And I think that that even dovetails into like, you kind of want to have both in your role in RevOps, right? Like you want to have kind of like that thinking out of the box a little bit, not being fully anchored to one thing. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting. I think your brain thinks in both different ways, which is probably a very unique skill set, right? Yeah, that's where I'm sure we'll get into this later. But but I do think specifically with uh, I'm thinking Salesforce or even just like normal ways of thinking about things where it's a lot of times black and white. Right. I found that's like a language or a jumping off point. And then the how or the way in which you if you're presenting a deck or data or something where it's like you're trying to drive a specific result in theory, or there's like a specific objective. And that's something that is shared in acting too, where it's like, what do I want in this scene? What does my character want? And that's what I think about in both in selling strategies of like, okay, I as a rep want to help 
the person I'm talking to or the business that I'm talking to succeed, right? Mm -hmm. Ultimately. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell them straight up that like our product, our solution does this. Mm -hmm. They need to sort of come to that realization on their own. So it's like, and same within when I'm a, a character, their objective, it's like, you can't just flat out say what you want. It's how you go about getting what you want and how you can make the other person think about things in an interesting light that ultimately drives you to that end result or that end objective. So that's where it's yeah. like, in all things, I, I think that's a very relevant skill set of thinking, not just straightforward, which you always sort of need, but like, if I want to drive a certain result, I don't just want to tell them this is the result I want all the time. If I lay it out in a proper way and in the best way possible, and build a story with the deck I'm presenting and the data and, and what I'm choosing to, to show in which order, in which way, then the only decision they can logically meet, reach if I do it correctly is the one that I want them to make. Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's where like when you're playing a character and you're dissecting a script, yeah. you're like, what does my character want in this scene? What does my character want in life? They're always trying to drive towards that end goal. It's not explicitly said. And I think ultimately that the how of it is what I'm always sort of fascinated by. And and it, it also like expands to stakeholders internally, like when it comes to operationalizing, even like adoption of a process or something. Sometimes TLs or directors care about saving time, right? Sometimes they care about, does this bring revenue to our company? Sometimes does this increase our sentiment score or like our, our customer engagement or whatever it might be? Thinking about all of those things as the end goal and then how you cater to that of like, oh, not only does this save you time, but it also proves our worth to the company as a whole or like this specific mm-hmm. team as a KPI. And maybe it's not necessarily related to comp, but it helps prove that like X leads to Y. And that right. might not be something that is explicitly part of the goal, but it also then proves like, oh, my team also adds value in a way that like you weren't even thinking about this and in any way that I can make you look better and provide even more insight into, into what we're ultimately trying to drive towards is, is great. So I, I do think that out of the box sort of thinking and not that, you know, yeah. people aren't, aren't always thinking about this stuff too, but yeah. that's been, been very helpful. And I think is, is an interesting through line that I found in both acting and, and RevOps, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's super fascinating. I think, especially I work, you know, I work with a lot of RevOps professionals as well. And I think, yeah, like they kind of grew up the ranks and they think about things not to completely put everyone in a box, but to, to the point they didn't have kind of a different perspective, like you bring to the table. And especially thinking about you're dealing, I have to imagine with a bunch of different stakeholders where everyone Everyone wants a different thing, right? So how do you empathetically approach everyone in a different way? It sounds like, you know, your your background has really lended you to that in, in, in that capacity. Yeah. And then I think, too, of uh, that understanding that, like, we're all sort of cogs in a wheel to a degree. Mm-hmm. And to be able to zoom out and see the whole wheel is also very important, too. I think, mm-hmm. like, director, there's a reason that, like, in that title is also shared in tech. I think that's yeah. like a 
a skill set that I have been, I have directed productions before, and I've also acted in them and tried to do that simultaneously where it's like sometimes knowing your role and your function. And I think even defining that or your relationships to certain teams is also super important. And like, what am, what is this team responsible versus this team and making sure that we're not creating or that we are creating redundancies and that we're not doubling our efforts so that we can like, you know, sure we're using our time to the best of our it just basic stuff like that too found super helpful but yeah the empathy thing i think that's that's super important too to a degree like it it all makes sense i think where it's cut and dry of of you know what are our goals what are our kpis like tls or reps like how do we just get paid and and that's really their incentive that's their goal but there are other things that like, yeah, of course we have to facilitate that part of this, but like ease of use, saving them time, really like making things and only presenting things to them and, and pushing to production that are really great and tight and awesome all the time is also huge in that like, oh, when you do introduce something that's really like a pain ultimately for them to adopt it them inherently more buy-in and they understand that like you're looking out for them and their best interest so right. it's they're not always combative of like oh right. RevOps is saying we have to do this thing or this is now added into our deal desk process it's like another approval that we have to do but it's like if everything you try and present is in the best interest of them or at least you're mm -hmm. coming from that place I think yeah. they're inherently more reactive and adoptive to, to kind of our priorities as well. And, and which are, yeah. are more like wheel oriented sometimes and not always cog oriented. And that's difficult. Yeah. But yeah, so trying to find that balance. And I do think empathy of understanding TL's problems and director's problems and reps problems. Yeah. VPs, like it's all, it's all super important as well. And that's where like in acting, you're, you're never supposed to judge a character you're playing. Hmm. that's what i've learned to do too of like everyone's just trying to try to do their job make sure that like yeah. they're proving their worth and helping enable their team and everything so understanding is such a huge part of what we do and i think understanding your customer but like a lot of times right. for Revops specifically your customers are also internal stakeholders right. in, in the company and in the business so. right yeah. Which are probably tougher than your external customers have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's immediate there all the time. So, you know, it sounds so simple the way that you put it, right? But I think that's just such a skill that I think it, it, not everyone possesses. Yeah. And I think that has to be a reason why you've continued to grow in your, your success at Wix is having that that empathy, right? And approaching it from a different angle in a way that before we said it was very black and white. So um, super, super interesting. Um, and I'm thinking to like, even you're talking about, there's some changes you probably have had to enact across, you know, your, your role and the different stakeholders. Is there anything else that kind of sticks out as far as like effectively presenting that and engaging in conversations that lead to a positive way, uh, or, you know, that are super pro positive and constructive? There's a couple of things that we've built in house. So we have, I wish we have some like success management teams where it's like, they're really dealing with like partners and users that are inherently like they're customers. They're going to be customers if we manage them or not. 
so a lot of them and that's where it's like okay what can we actually add that like our success management is an asset to any of these partners and these users and and part of that is like we 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 need to think about okay what does this org provide wix as a whole a lot of which you know isn't revenue is a part of it but that's not everything like we are talking to partners and users in the way that like no one else is and there's supplemental data that we can gather that you're not going to be able to get from people's dashboards and the behavior that they're sort of like what they're engaging with within the platform and sort of those normal black and white sort of data points that we're always sort of looking at to see okay what what maybe marketing emails can we be sending them about certain products or things like that but when you actually get these people on the phone how do we take that con all of these conversations we're having all of these emails we're having um all of these like feature requests that we're now submitting and and feedback that we're getting about products and how people are using these things and how they're building their sites what problems they're they're sort of encountering how do we put that into data for wix to then use and decide do they want to invest all this money into like pivoting this one product into a new solution or or building other feature requests on top of what we have like that is inherently a, a value add that we can provide not only Wix, but our customers as well. And that's not something that's inherently like money, sort of the, those those sure. uh, more black and white post-sale uh, goals where it's like, oh, upsell, you know, right. renew subscription, whatever it might be. Uh, and, and so that's where it's sure. like, as RevOps, that's all a bit more like it's it's kind of like activity data and some of those more like loose if you have some certain certain not necessarily kpi but ways to measure all those things but then how do you formulate that and and put that into something that wix can use ultimately so we have uh right we've created a couple of tools that's really just like one interface that a rep can log into salesforce every day and it shows them certain things that they like certain partners or users are maybe eligible for or would be a good use case to try x y or z product or adopt certain x y or z product and then it's like after that happens we're able to in our sort of business analytics way see like are we driving the desired impact that we're trying to drive so whether that is like i said product adoption or whether that is sort of increasing traffic or collections for one of the partner sites or a users even just like a specific page on their on their site like all of these like search engine optimization ad campaigns that they're running it's really kind of a whole not just helping them with bugs, but like actually being a part of them growing their business where it's like a lot of yeah. gray area, uh, like um, what is our impact here? Taking that gray area, putting it into, into like finite data points into their workflow yeah. on a daily basis, like, and as much as RevOps can automate that. So it's like stamping certain things happen or 
putting in checkboxes in Salesforce that like we're collecting on the back end and it doesn't add extra work to the reps day is huge. We don't want to have them have to do manual administrative work. And we do want to support mm-hmm. them to track the whatever the rep is doing and then po- compiling that in such a way that says to Wix, like, wow, on an aggregate, like super high level, this team is doing really interesting stuff. It's not just revenue based. It's also insights on our users, insights on feature requests that we can like change our platform, wow. spin off new teams, do whatever we need to do. And that's not something we can just gather based off of like the partner is like logging in or the partner is building a site. Right. Like these are the more, uh, yeah, things that I'm sort of interested in. And I've found specifically in Wix's environment that I'd never really thought of prior to, to coming here. And part of that is just the offering of Wix. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's fascinating. No, it's it's awesome. And it, it it's cool. Everything is rooted in data, whether it's you trying to, you know, use that information to grow your own business and what product lines you should be focusing on and help, you know, your your partners and your different customers grow their business. For the teams, like what works? Like what are ways in which one team that has sort of like a completely different outreach strategy or even like purpose and KPI? What can they learn from this other team in terms of like outreach strategies or ways in which to engage with users, whether you, you know, webinars, office hours, the content that they're sending them, the kind of uh, that that's also super helpful too, we found. And as much as you can put that base that in data, I think it because then you can compare like per, very have have those more more traditional KPIs, which is like performance on X or performance on Y. Right. That's awesome. And, it, and, you know, it sounds like Wix to a degree can pivot, right? Like you're still pretty agile, even though you're a massive company. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just putting that out there, but it, it sounds like that's the case. It feels very hard um, within that has like the resources of a publicly traded company. That's, that's really, that's great. I do think they kind of harness that spirit. Uh, even top to bottom, like sea level to, to down to, and, 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 um, I think like the best ideas, they really want to pursue that. So I've noticed that, especially within our like sales organization here in, in the U S is like, even based off of one interesting data points of certain users, we've like spun off entire sales teams and efforts to like pursue that. And and that's what's really kind of cool is that if it's a good idea, Wix is always interested in pursuing it. And it just feels like a very collaborative and, and cultivating environment for that specifically so that like people always feel empowered to kind of come up with these interesting, cool new initiatives. And then we try them out. And I think that's a great a great worlds in which to operate. And, and I, I, I love companies when, when they sort of, uh, empower everyone to, to just produce the best ideas possible. Yeah, yeah. no, that's awesome. And it's like, you read my mind. I had a question, even just thinking about, cause your business straddles B2B and B2C, even within your mm-hmm. role, are you focusing on both sides? Is there one where you're one, cause even just understanding like resource allocation, especially we've heard at least in companies like 
B2B doesn't get as much love or, you know, how to how do you balance that resource allocation and just what does that look like? Yeah, so I would say do both. And the way we're sort of set up is is we kind of have people who own certain verticals within B2C or B2B. Um, and so I'm kind of, like I said, I own verticals in both. And B2B for Wix is on the newer side. So just in terms of not like there's not resources there, but I think just because it's 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 been a priority for a shorter period of time. Yeah, I, I would say like allocation of resources is just stronger on the, on the B2C side. But all that to say, so one of our one of our verticals is is channels, which we sort of like we have partnerships with, um, you know, Vista and, and some of these other uh, companies where their users are able to set up a site through Wix. And we do these like bigger deals to help other companies empower their users through is like premium subscriptions and being able to like build a site that is immediately going to be awesome, mm-hmm. very small lifts, etc. You know, we also have a point of sale system. That is a way to not only help our users, like our beta, more of a, a, a internal, like our current user base, mm-hmm. because it they're using our stores product and they have a physical location. That's a great opportunity for them to just have an end to end solution right. and not need to use a square or, you know, something else. And then that's just like an added and we do have integrations, but it, but it, if you can keep it all in a more closed loop system, yeah. it just inherently helps the user yeah. be able to have a more seamless sort of uh, process. Mm-hmm. But there's also opportunity there as well, similar to that channel where it's like our channels vertical that I was saying before of, you know, people who come already have a retail location and are transitioning from having a retail location to like more online business. It's like that is a perfect way to have partnerships with, um, referral partners or resellers where like when they're setting up their site, there's also a POS option for them that creates this whole ecosystem mm-hmm. immediately right off the bat so they can hit the ground running in okay. their web presence. And I think like that's super exciting. It's super interesting. Great. It also is a mixture of both of those things where you're making a business also like a, a user now too. So all that to say like we're we're prioritizing everything all at once and we're giving resources to everything all at once. And it's interesting, kind of what I was saying before of like, oh, this team has a completely different KPI and even purpose. But what they're doing and it, like even what we're tracking in Salesforce or the tools we built for that team is super applicable to this B2B team that's like just starting. So like us as a RevOps team specifically, Really, there's a lot of we're we're so intertwined both in like ways in which we think about things, but also do such a great job. And this is a shout out to my mentor who I've sort of mentioned her before, but she does such a great job of like, oh, if this is a good idea for this one team, there's a use case over here yeah. that even though there's a completely different purpose and it's like 
territories are different or like I said, what they're doing is so vastly across the, this canyon. Yeah. The, the way to support them is the exact same. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's super great. And I think we've created a great environment and go between there, which yeah. has been uh, helpful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's awesome being able to see the big picture while also being in the weeds is a big, you know, kind of a, a really big, you know, of the fact you guys can do that. That's awesome. But super unique business model just in general, even with like your point of sale system, your POS, and then having websites too. It feels very all encompassing, especially now, you know, in, in this world, everyone wants efficiency. They want one stop shop. So the fact that Wix is catering to that, I'm sure you've heard it from so many of your different customers that you're developing those products to make their lines yeah. is really cool. Exactly. And and yeah, exactly. It's so cool when a user we're managing has an idea and they're like, this part of this product, let's say, I just really wish it could do X or I really wish it could do Y. And like, like I said, we're not able to necessarily gather that from their dashboard or what they're doing. But if we have a conversation with them and we're able to like, put that into hard data that we can give to these product teams at Wix. And they're like, oh, that's actually an incredible thing. And they put it on the roadmap and the user can actually see their impact of the product. Yeah. That's like super rewarding. And yeah. and I, I love that Wix is very interested in in like just listening to their customer base. That's such a huge part of it is like catering to your current customers and really making them feel like they're not only growing their business, but they're having like an input right. a little bit on the outcome of, of the products that they're using. That's super cool. Yeah. And, um, and just develops that loyalty because these people may, you know, whether they own their own business or are starting a new business, they're going to continue to go back to, yeah. you know, what they know is is a product that exactly. they can trust over time. So um, that's awesome. And I've got uh, just a few more questions for you and then I'll let you go. This has been um Really cool. So just pivoting gears a little bit, we'll talk, you know, you can give us your unsolicited feedback, but I think good read. Is there any like book or blog or newsletter? You probably have a very unique perspective on this or video that you would recommend to our listeners. Yeah, this is kind of my pocket answer. And if there's a book that I really, that is both for interesting for acting and for business and kind of what we in general, it's this book called The Power of Habits. And it's basically what it does is it goes through, I don't I think it's like 10 examples of habits, both like how it talks about how we develop habits, what they are both personally, but also like as organizations hmm. or institutions. So uh, like just a couple of examples. One is um, there king's cross station there was a fire that sort of happened uh i think it was early 1800s if this is wrong it's just it's we won't fact check like, you here uh, you know, remember thing. um but it tells this story of basically there was some maybe it was a janitor maybe it was just sort of a security guard who saw a, a tissue that was like burning on fire and he basically just went and collected the tissue, put out the tissue and threw it away. And because organizationally at that time or as part of the station, it was not clear. Like he was just tasked with picking up that thing, 
that was on fire and throwing it away. Mm -hmm. He was not tasked with communicating that this thing that was on fire, he, he didn't need to communicate that to his superior who was then supposed to communicate to. So that's an example of, and, and basically what happened is it led to this sort of horrific fire that ended up killing a bunch of people, but it's the, the, the more sort of, uh, specific example that's brought up in the book is is there's this organization or this this company i think it's alcoa is the name of it it's like a it's a steel company or it it, it does something on those lines and basically this ceo was brought in to kind of like um grow this company and and make it much more profitable and he was sort of looking at like okay what are these things called keystone behaviors that if i target this behavior all of these other things that we're trying to solve will actually um, inherently start to improve. And can't, you can't address everything at once. Right. And but if I if I address the keystone habits, then it will inform all these other bad habits that we yeah. have. So his keystone habit that he sort of targeted was: let's make sure that we're the safest company out there. So there's no incidents and all of our communications around incidents need to be 100% accurate. They're the SLAs for that, everything we need to prioritize, making sure that we're the safest company possible. And what happened is by inherently like overemphasizing that and making sure that like everyone did their due diligence all the time and focusing on this thing, it started to bleed into like other areas of the company where that became the standard of like, I need to do my due diligence all the time and be on top of my yes. uh, my work and whatever. And as a result, the company became more successful, the market cap grew, and so it identifies that both on a personal level and yeah. organizational level. Uh, maybe those examples aren't the best ones yeah, in the book, but I thought fascinating of like, you can't solve everything all the time all at once. But what is one thing that you can control and address and that will then start to be able to address everything else all at once? Um, I found that fascinating and I think it's a really interesting read. A lot of diverse examples of that throughout. That's great. I'm, I'm taking that down. I could use that both personally and professionally. I've got young children at home. Yeah. So there's You can't tackle it all at I, once, I, right? And same with work. It's... Uh, that, that that sounds awesome. So thanks for for sharing that that recommendation for our reader or for our, you know for our guests as well. Um, and then one other question before I let you go. So you, uh, anyone that you would like names of inspirational people within the space that you've worked with or that you would recommend, like specifically me, um, that you would recommend that we bring on to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mentioned. Melanie Terranova, who works at w with me, um, I've been working with her for three years. She's been putting up with me. <laughs> She's incredible and has taught me so much and has just a great brain for all of this, both from the like sales and customer retention account management strategy side, but also just like being able to be in the weeds while simultaneously being super high level. Her, um, my couple of my, I, I worked at JW Player, and there's a couple people there who I really love and respect and think are are rock stars. Um, not to use a cliche word, but 
um, Dwani Dalal and Meg Goach uh, are both incredible revenue operations and sales operations and strategy sort of minds in terms of like just being able to see the full picture sure. beginning to end and all the things in between. I just think they're they're incredible and very smart. And uh, yeah, awesome. they're that's what I'd say. Noted, noted. Well, thanks so much, Christian. And I guess, you know, how can people get in touch with you after the podcast? I mean, clearly we know you're on Netflix, so everyone will be hustling over to watch you there. But uh, where else can people get in touch with you? <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn. I think my Instagram has my link tree. I, I don't know if my my LinkedIn has my link, tree, but that has all of my acting stuff and contact information or whatever. You could also just I think if you Google me, it'll all come up somewhere. I'm always interested in expanding my network. And, you know, but like it's been so lovely meeting you and having conversations with you. It's, I, I just love talking about this stuff. Also, from the standpoint of it just helps me. It's, it's that thinking outside of the box thing. The more people I meet, the more perspective I get on what I do and, and what the possibilities are there. So this has been another one of those examples. So I really just just appreciate being able to meet you and talk with you. Yeah, no, this is super interesting. And we really appreciate you sharing your story, your knowledge, your background. I think this will be, you know, one that everyone just wants to learn more about. I'm sure people will be, you know, finding you and reaching out as well, just because I think it's an inspiration, especially for people where you're thinking about, this is my career, this is what I'm going to want to do. I think all of us know that our lives take different twists and turns. So hearing kind of where, where you are and balancing both different you know dreams that you have is, is just an amazing story. So we appreciate you joining today on the podcast and I hope to stay in touch as well. And um, best of luck as you guys finish out the, the year at Wix and um, as things continue to, to, to change on the acting front as well. Yeah, thank you so much again. And this has been so great. So here's to a great Q4, right? Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand Based TV. 